Welcome to today's Life Coach Pod. It is a Friday, and I have to, of course, catch you up first on what's been happening with the Turpensteins. Those are the little birds outside my window that are the only thing that are keeping me living right now. On day one, which was yesterday, no, they were born on Earth Day, so that's day one. Um, they were just this mass of their cotton-headed ninny muggins, like the elf said. Then on day two, which was yesterday afternoon, the little mass of them kind of got a little puffier. And I have a tiny video on my Facebook page, but they're breathing like in unison. So the puff just went up and down, up and down, up and down. So I'll go out and get uh, day three today. I want to make sure I don't upset Mrs. Turpenstein, who's a little stressed right now. Her hubs does not show up enough with food is what I'm saying. So she's a little bit stressed, but I wait till she leaves. So no, but there's no disturbing of Mrs. Trippenstein who's on the edge. Maybe I'm a little too anthropomorphic there, but I relate in so many ways to being a single parent. So the hubs got to show up. Anyway, here, that's the update on the Trippensteins. But for those of you who are keeping track of the days of the week, it is a Friday. It is April 24th. Or for those of you staying indoors, March 55th. Look at that. We're already up to the 50s. Can you believe it? Oh my God. Monday is Motivation Monday. So someone find some for me so I can be motivated to motivate you. We have next week coming up, Amy Gardner will talk about COVID proofing your career. I have no idea what that means, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't mean injecting disinfectant into your bodies. And then Keith, whose last name I cannot pronounce because it's a mystery to me when there are two consonants next to one another like that, but it's Sabiral, Sabiral, viral, maybe you don't even say the S, maybe you don't say the B. I'm not sure, but he's going to talk about the key to career advancement, which is actually interesting because I didn't know how to title this one, but what he's really going to talk about is how to how to fake it till you make it, how to have that executive presence, which I think is really important. Um, not that I ever did even as an executive, but um, but it's an important skill. And I, and I know as a woman, I used to watch the men and watch what they were doing and thinking I needed to be more like a guy. And then I threw that advice out because that was dumb. Why would I want to be more like them? I want to be more like me. But I, Keith's going to bring in some interesting techniques and things to notice about your own presentation. So that should be really good. And then because after you have a career, you might be able to be qualified for retirement. Or if you're me, you've been forced into retirement right now as you watch birds hatch. Uh, Miles is going to come in and talk about retirement and can you do it? What do you need to know? Um, our typical uh, audience member today, Donna, is not here because she's retiring today from Monterey County Police. So I'm so excited. I know she's not even here to hear the kudos, but she'll be back on Monday as part of the live audience. We're only going to be live for one more week. And then we will be, I will be shifting to recording only for security reasons, but that's okay. It's still going to bring you great content. Nothing's going to change. So as we launch into today's guest, we're going to talk about stress. And I wanted to pull together a couple quick fun facts, fast facts. They're not fun. Nothing fun about them. Sorry. These are really um, important facts about stress. So no shock at all that stress affects everyone. In fact, find me somebody who isn't affected by stress and I want to take what they're taking because they're clearly into uh, some sort of adult recreation that makes it possible for that. Um, not all stress is bad. Sometimes stress can motivate and if it's not too big, I think it can be a good catalyst for change. Uh, but long-term stress can harm your health and in some ways probably I'm a product of that. I, I'm sure the reason my body is some of the ways it is is because I have carried a lot of stress throughout my life. 
stress can kill brain cells. This is interesting because a calm environment permits brain growth. And the word on the street is, you know, you, you lose brain cells. I mean, they told us that in college probably because they wanted us to stop drinking. But um, they say that you lose brain cells. But the thing is, is that you could, stress will kill brain cells, but you can build them back. It is not true when you're older that you cannot bring, bring back brain cells or to create new ones. You just have to be quiet. And that is why so many people talk about the power of meditation. It's just that quiet. So any practice, and that doesn't mean just sitting there and watching Netflix, guys, that's not quiet. That's still effing with your brain. You actually need to be still. So think about that if you want to grow some brain cells. Stress is associated with depression and anxiety. Shocking. There's nothing worse than watching a mouse trapped in a cage and can't get out and you want to know that they get depressed after a while they just just get depressed and twitchy so keep in mind stress can be your jailer your immune system doesn't work as well when you're stressed out because it's for dealing with the stress it's not dealing with making you better or sending the white blood cells to where they need to go to kill the bad things it's dealing with the stress and part of that is because when you experience too much or prolonged stress a couple things are happening your adrenal gland is pumping out adrenaline so that's increasing your heart rate, increasing your blood pressure, and increasing the amount of sugar in your blood. So that's that big poof you get, and then you can be product productive, or you can be freaking out, or you can be having a panic attack, and then generally you need a nap afterwards because you're exhausted from that dump of adrenaline. Also, your adrenal cortex sends out cortisol. And I'm not going to shame cortisol because apparently it's not always bad, but it's not really good. And what it's associated with the fight or flight response, and it can lead to rapid weight gain and skin bruises easily and muscle weaknesses and diabetes and other health problems. So there's the lowdown on stress from a very uh, factual, like fact basis. Now we're going to talk about it in real life. And we're going to talk with Stephanie Simpson, who is here today, all the way from New York, the other side of the country, but not New York City, the upper fork, as I have just learned. She is in the upper fork of New York, Long Island. So if you know that where that is, be jealous because she gets to see deer. I have birds, but she gets deer. And she's going to talk to us about how to think about stress. So welcome, Stephanie. Would you mind introducing yourself better than I just did? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, I I'm based in New York City most of the time, but now uh, for these um, the Great Pause, as some of my friends and I are calling yes, it, yes, yes. Um, the Great Pause. Uh, the Tebow generation. Yes, the Tebow right. generation coming through. Pause. <laughs> yep. So um, we're, I'm out here with my partner in the North Fork, Long Island, which has a lot more space and wildlife and less people. So we decided to do that. But um, we should also explain that the reason there's literally no furniture in your upstairs is because you just moved there, right? Like, right. Like uh, we just closed on the house in like February and, uh, and actually this space up here, the second floor is just this really open room that I'm hoping that we stay open so that it can be like a meditation, yoga, mindfulness workshop space. So I'm hoping that's the case. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, uh, you did a really great job at talking about Fun facts or fast facts of uh, stress. So my background, um, I'm an artist, an educator, and a coach. Uh, I came to being a coach through being an artist and an educator for so long. 
Um, my, my artistic practices are mostly based in dance and somatics um, and also theater. Uh, and then I educate, I'm an educator in the arts as well as um, a facilitator for coaching work uh, and then have my own private practice in coaching. And most recently, I've been really shifting my, my focus to understanding stress and how can we manage it more effectively. So um, I still do a lot of the stuff I've done in the past, which is a lot of peak performance, mental training, um, transitional things, which all lend itself to understanding stress a little better. Uh, and so like you said, the first thing is stress affects everybody. Um, so I I uh, just finished a second master's program last year at Columbia University in clinical psychology with an emphasis in spirituality, mind, body. Uh, and so all of my work really comes from this holistic perspective of how can we get the mind, the body, and the spirit to work together, to align together and align with the inner and the outer so that we can live a more authentic and therefore more productive life. Um, and be more engaged. I love that. Even when you were saying the dance and somatic stuff, because that's, I don't know that stuff very well. I tend to be Mm -hmm. in my head mostly because I've Mm -hmm. struggled with my body. Like we've kind of fought sometimes or I don't know, had a disagreement about how I thought my body should be. So I love the idea because no matter what, as I finally learned in old age or middle age or whatever it is, but if these things aren't aligned, you're miserable. You're just miserable. And you don't even realize that's the source of the misery. You yeah. think it's some external source, but the fact is, it's just, you're not finding that, that truth, that, that mind, body, spirit truth. Yeah. And so, so thinking about it in terms of stress management, um, and we'll get to like what that term stress management actually means in a little while, but like thinking about it in terms of stress management, if your if your mind is like going a mile a minute about something and it's making you anxious or worried and it's coming from like a fear place that can cause stress. And the more that that happens, it's going to create a physical shift in your body because of literally, like, as you said, like the, the cortisol come like all these hormones that we need and that are good and beneficial in some ways. But if we don't actually learn how to, um, let them go, right? Like when, when the cortisol like just stays in your body for too long, that's when the damage can happen. And they actually show research shows that prolonged, like everyday things are worse than say a a big event in your life. So, so like the death of someone is a really stressful situation. Yet in those moments, we tend to like take care of ourselves a little better And we can bounce back from that a little easier than say the day-to-day hardships that you're having. So like whether it's someone who just really doesn't like going to their job every day for whatever reason, that actually can cause stress and that's, that's worse, you know? And so the day-to-day stresses of having to get to the job, maybe it's the commute, maybe it's a, it's a coworker, maybe it's that they don't believe in the work that they're doing causes this ongoing stress in the body, which then means that they're really tired and they're worn out. And then all of a sudden they're getting sick more. And so then they're not able to work and all of that, which then leads to burnout. And so, um, the WHO has actually said over the last like two years or so now that burnout is a major problem, especially in the U S and, uh, stress doesn't always lead to burnout, but it is one of the major factors that leads to burnout. So being able to, uh, let me, that's just so interesting to me because, I, um, 
I went through like a major life event when I was a kid, but it was with my, my dad dying. But the thing is, is that I, I always argue that we know how to do certain things in our culture, like a death. Like you said, we know how to take care of ourselves. It's like society gives you the space to have that mm -hmm. wound. Nobody, God, it's even like if your pet dies, it's even more people are like, no, take, take a week. You know, like people yeah. so relate and then we know how to do that. But what you're describing are situations where we're actually, society actually almost expects us to step up, soldier on, just suck it up. You can't be unemployed. That would be bad. Or a career change. What do you mean you don't want to do the thing you went to school right. for, but you need to do this other thing? So our culture actually even smacks us for yeah, self-care. You're, you're yeah. not doing enough, right? Like, yeah. and, and so I think what got me really interested in this a few years ago was that I would just keep hearing people say, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. I'm so stressed out, including myself right? Like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. And I stopped and I was like, wait a second, am I actually stressed? So that's like the first thing we send We tend to say we're stressed out when we're not, we're actually anxious or we're worried or we're afraid. So like the first thing in stress management is to like, stop and be like, what is actually happening right now? And like, whenever I'm working with clients and stuff like that, I'm, I'm always trying to get them to like empower themselves to be a self coach, which maybe means I'm putting myself out of business, but like, I want to empower them to be able to coach themselves in moments. Right. And so, you know, when they're hearing themselves saying, Oh, I'm so stressed out. Be like, wait a second, stop. Am I actually stressed out or am I just worried about something now fear and anxiety and worry can all lead to stress, but the actual definitions of those fear is this like innate, like, um, uh, innate thing in us of like, Oh, I shouldn't do that. Right. Like I should not put my hand on a, on a, a burning stove. Like I know that I shouldn't do that because I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. Yes. That is a good fear. Please keep that. Like, don't do that. Right. Like, um, I'm walking across the street in New York city and a car goes by and I like get really afraid and I step back. Those are like good things about fear. There are things though that like we get afraid of, of like, oh my God, I'm going to fail and people aren't going to love me anymore, right? That's a really real feeling, yeah. though many times it's not true. Most of the time it's not true, right? And so that, like, I might be like, oh, I'm so stressed out to like go on the show right now. No, maybe I'm not actually stressed out to go on the show. I'm afraid of like what's going to happen. I'm not actually, but that's just an example, right? Yeah, but that's a good, it's a good distinction because I think, there's a couple things you just said just to call out. One, you said it's what you tell yourself. Like if you're telling yourself you're stressed, you're saying take a beat and isolate the, the moment and figure out is it fear, is it excitement, is it anxiety, what is it really? Because telling yourself that. And the other is that um, you just were talking about uh, taking that beat and then calming it down and figuring out, okay, what the, the things that you tell yourself aren't true. Sorry, that was the big thing I heard you say. Yeah. Like you might be telling yourself somebody won't love you anymore or I can't possibly get another job, or I couldn't possibly take on that responsibility, or let go of that responsibility, even more importantly, those, and you made up some rules in your head that you and I would both call uh, false beliefs, like limited right. beliefs that are really holding you back. Exactly, exactly. And then what ends up happening is you start to worry about it, right? Like that thought keeps going. So the fear turns into this worry, and worry is just this repeated thoughts, just repeated thoughts. And then the worry turns into stress because what stress is, is our perceived inability to do whatever it is that's asked of us, right? That, that we don't have the capability to do 
what's being asked. It's overwhelming. It's um, we don't have the tools, which for most of the time is not totally true. We've just made ourselves think that. Then you have this piece of anxiety, right? And so anxiety, there's different forms of it. You can have like a trait anxiety. You can have a state anxiety. Um, so like state anxiety, a big one is like testing, right? Test anxiety. So I, I actually teach stress management at a college in, uh, in New York City. And it's always so funny to me because like I have to give quizzes. I have to make sure they're doing things. And they're like, oh, this is stressing me out. And I'm like, is it though? Or are you just having a, like an anxious moment because you're taking a test, right? And so, um, and then it's like, well, if I don't do well on this test, I'm going to fail the class or this quiz. I'm going to fail. Like that's where the mind goes. And it's like, uh, well, really? Do you, is that true? Well, no, because if we actually look at the facts, which is the syllabus, if you fail one quiz, you're not going to fail the class you know, but it's our mind that's doing this. So we get anxious. And so anxiety is, um, repeated thoughts that don't have, like are un that don't have a basis to them, right. They're unwarranted. They're, there's that we kind of like made them up in some ways. Yeah. Um, okay. and that can also lead to worry because then we start worrying, which leads to stress. So, so even before we say I'm stressed out, like, Oh, let's take a beat, like you said, and let's actually think about like, let's go deeper. And what is this? So that's always like the first thing I say to people is um, becoming your own like research person, like think of yourself as the test subject and how can you observe what's going on. And I like to use the word observe because analyzing can kind of get to like judgment. And then we get to that, like, why am I having this thought? Oh gosh, why am I doing this again? And we're asking ourselves why, 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 which can be really limiting and really cause defense instead of opening up of like, okay, yeah, what is this? And getting curious about it. So let me, so, uh, it's so interesting you bring up that observation because I remind folks listening often the difference, an observation comes without judgment. So a classic one that I use, because it happened to me where somebody was described as looking frail. And I said, uh-uh, he's thinner. So an observation is about, it's just absolutely what you can observe, not interpreting yeah. the observation. It's just yeah. the person is thinner. The person is older. The person is walking slowly slower than i mean you would have to then compare it to something but right person appears to be walking slower than normal maybe you would make the note and then you would say mm -hmm. normal what i would expect that person to walk because that's also important to judge it against its own judge it mm -hmm. against itself not against what you like of course you're going to walk faster than me anybody with that's taller than five feet is going to walk faster than me. So i mean it's so it's all relative but that observation is so key to not judge it. Judge. Yes. And I mean, this is, I mean, I guess this does relate to stress in some ways, but what came to my mind right there is also being able to observe and recognize when we are like maybe being the word success is coming up, but I don't know if that's the right word, but like we judge our success a lot of times based on other people's like rules and their things. So like the idea of like me observing my process and being like, oh, I am not judging it in relation to something else. I'm observing my own process. Yeah. And where have I, like, where have I created leaps and bounds? Not how am I observing my, how am I judging myself in comparison to something else too? 
that just kind of came to mind because that can bring up a lot of stress in this. I think about like social media a lot. I work with a lot of teenagers and social media brings up a lot of other stress and anxieties for them as to, as to older people as well, you know, um, because there's this comparison part of it. And so, you know, uh, so there's just so many ways that this conversation can go. Something I I do want to make very clear based on all the stuff that you wrote too, is that stress affects everybody and the, the goal of stress management is not to get rid of it because A, you can't ever get rid of it. B, we actually need a certain amount of it in order to have a peak, like peak optimal performance in our life, whether that's personally, professionally, whatever. There has to be a certain amount of stress in order to do that. And um, so when you were talking about like not all stress is bad, some of it's good. So there's two different terminologies, right? So we had eustress, which is E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. That's the good stress. And then you have distress, which is the bad stress, Um, which was something that like before coming to all this like work and research, I didn't really have the language for that. And so even just saying like, I'm stressed, it's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe this is a stressor, right? So a couple other languaging things. Um, You have a stressor, which is like the thing that causes it to go off, which then does do that fight, flight, or fright or freeze reaction. Then we have our stress reactivity. So like what's happening with the body, the cortisol, the this and that. Sometimes we need that adrenaline to be able to go forward or back, right? Um, and then we have a strain, which is like the effect of it. And so like you were saying, you know, then sometimes we're just so exhausted that is part of that. Like when we don't know how to manage the stress properly, we then just become exhausted and not in a way of like, oh, I felt good about that in a way that's very depleting. Oh yeah. It's like, the, it's a, it's that bl- empty balloon kind of feeling like you just yeah. kind of die in the chair and you're like, why do I not want to move? I feel heavy. Yeah. I feel done. I can't yeah. even think of any ideas right now. I'm- right. And so that would be a strain, would be exhaustion. Some people get migraines. Some people get low back aches. Some people get shoulders, you know, things like that. And that would be a strain, right? Another strain could be like not being able to focus at work. So you're not, you're not focusing. And so they Therefore, you're not being productive and maybe work in sales. And so now your numbers are going down, right? So like that would be a strain. So you have these three different, like you have the process of it. And so that's one languaging of it. So like say, so talking about eustress and distress. So what might be stressful to me would not maybe be stressful to you. That's the other thing. What might be considered a good stress or a eustress to me could be distressing for you Um, and vice versa, right? So Um, I always take the example of going back for my second master's program. I did it while I was working full time. So yeah, there were moments that were very stressful. (laughs) And yet in those moments, I would stop and say, oh, but this is good stress. And this is good stress because it's helping me to grow as a person. It's helping me to grow professionally. I'm learning, I'm creating new pathways in my brain, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, because I love that you touched upon that. And so how can I reframe this, that this is good stress? It's helping me to A, get way more focused on both my personal life and now and my professional life and also my my school life. Um, And I'm being better at time management. I have to learn how to take care of myself differently. So self-care was coming up. Like, what do I actually need? How can I create these boundaries and all of that? 
And the stress of it uh, allowed me to up-level my life. Whereas maybe a distress would be um, losing fun, like losing my job during that, right? So in some way- I don't even know how you had, because it's not just, you didn't just have a job and and school and you had a relationship, which like, holy crap. And I don't even know where your parents are. So, I mean, like the expectation layers there of your your expectation layers of you and then everybody else's. Everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at, I mean, you could just pull that apart in so many different, in so many different ways, but say we threw something in there where like, yeah, I lost my job in the middle of that. Well, that could be, that would be like distressing, right? And, and yes, it would be maybe something that I could shift into a, well, what's, what good is coming out of this? What opportunity, right? But originally that would probably be a very distressing situation. Like when many people lose their job, even if it's a job they didn't like, it's distressing. Yet after giving yourself some time to process that, you can shift it into okay, well, what is this propelling me forward to? And it could actually turn into a good stress later down the line. So it really is also about our perspective. So stress is really about the perspective of it and how can I make, I always say to clients, how can you, let's redefine your relationship with stress so that it's working with you as a partner and not against you as your enemy. And how can we shift the way we look at it and the way we work with it so that we can do that? And so like, there are so many tools out there. One of them being just pausing, like you said, like, you know, before you may, before you react to something, if you can retrain your brain. So we have all these pathways that have been solidified over the years. And so in order to retrain them, we have to consciously choose to retrain them. So that's where neuroplasticity comes in of like creating a new pathway. And so what you're doing when you actually take a breath and take like maybe a mindful moment is what I will tell what I tell people sometimes is instead of instinctually going to fight, flight or freeze and doing whatever the old pattern was, you're allowing your hippocampus to come in and go, oh, there's a different way we can do this. And so then the cerebral cortex says, let's build a better way. Let's build a way that you want to do. So then you get to choose from a more empowered place how you want to react to the situation. So I always say the first thing is the breath. I love this. This is so important. I mean, you have to have awareness. Talk about that all the time. You have to have awareness, but that idea. So you're going to talk about the breath, but it's just that it's just freaking being aware that you can now choose a different way to yeah. go. Yeah. So powerful. Okay, go ahead. Now tell us. So yeah, no, it is. It's so powerful. And like, and really, I mean, I, I know both of us probably know this and, and I talk about it and I know that I'm, I'm my, my first client all the time, you know, like, um, and in the sense of there are times where I'm even like, Oh, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I have the power here. I can choose how I want to respond to it. I can choose what I'm going to do. And sometimes that can be overwhelming because it, it's like, well, yeah, it's all up to me. Yet if I choose to look at it as like, actually, no, this is really empowering. Like I'm going to choose to look at this as an empowering thing so that I can create the life that I want. Right. As opposed to feeling really like I, like this is all happening to me. 
right? Like this, this job is happening to me. My boss is happening to me. This is, and, and I've been there with all of those. And, to, and it wasn't until I stopped and said, okay, well, I can't, I can't change anybody. I can't change how my boss does this. I can't change how my job does this. I can't change how my parents do this or my sister or my partner or anything like that. What I can change is how I respond to it. And, and, and it takes effort. It takes intentional effort to be able to do that. So, you know, coming at it from a holistic perspective, to me, the first thing is the breath because we always have access to our breath. <laughs> we always do. And if we can teach ourselves different breath exercises, even just like noticing that we're breathing and being grateful that we're still breathing, it just shifts the energy in the system. It literally, it literally shifts our physiological nature so that we can do something different. If anybody who's um, trapped in a house right now with people, go in the bathroom. In fact, make breathing part of your bathroom ritual because that's the, maybe the only place you can go right now to have a second. And if you can't go there, I'm yeah. sorry. But yeah, I mean, just that if you just get used to going to the bathroom and like that's your moment where you just center for a second because mm -hmm. you can build yeah. your visual cues, put a, put a cool picture in front of you, whatever that takes. Yeah, I love that. And, and it's actually kind of funny because um, when I was working, I, I have a therapist that I work with on a weekly basis. And uh, we over the, the holidays, we, uh, my partner and I were just traveling from so many family things. And, you know, we were on the road for like a week. And it was and she we talk a lot about boundaries and, and how if I'm maintaining my boundaries, how am I maintaining them and stuff. And and one of the things she just kept saying to me, and I was like, well, you know, we're in this house and there were just so many people. And like, I didn't really know where to go outside because I've not, I've not been there before. And she's like, well, where else could you have gone? And I was like, oh, I could have just like sat in the bathroom. <laughs> and so I do that all the time now. Like if I feel I'm getting like anxious, like if I, if I'm feeling overwhelmed by things, like I, I'm very susceptible to energies. And so like, if I, if I feel I'm taking too many people's energy on, I'm like, oh, I just, I have to go, I just sit in the bathroom for a little bit. And I, and I, and, and music is one of the things that really helps me. So I'll just take my phone and sit in the bathroom and listen to a song. And like for that three minutes, just do that and then come out and I feel like a whole new person. <laughs> yes. There's a reason bathrooms are sanctuaries, people. And if you haven't, if you're, if you're sheltered and you haven't put some flowers in there or some incense or a candle or some darn thing that reminds you to take a minute you're missing an opportunity for your own little Zen because it, yes, it is, is a space you, you should be able to have to yourself for a second. Yeah. So the other thing I want to talk about in stress management is that there's different components to it, right? So just doing one thing isn't going to change everything. So we look at it in like four different ways. So you have like your um, prevention area, you have your relaxation, you have your thought process, and then you have your, um, understanding where the stress is coming from. So, so if you're like looking at, and so that's considered comprehensive stress management. So if someone's just saying to you, like, just go do yoga a lot, it'll be fine. Yeah, that's okay. But that's one part of a piece that's not comprehensive, right? Um, so being able to really realize where's what are my stressors? And where are they coming from? Because then you can choose to start eliminating them or lessening them, right? So maybe it's that like, my stressor is uh, the fact that um, this is all hypothetical, but like a lot of my clients, 
you know, they're married, they have families and they used to work. Um, they love where they work, but the uh, commute is just way too long. And so it's putting a lot of stress on them and their family. So it's the commute, right? Well, maybe there's a way to look around that. Like, okay, you can't get a new job. Well, what can you do? And that there's just so much work. Well, maybe how can we look at your commute as a different way? You know, like how can we use your commute to get you into a better state? Maybe you listen to certain things on your drive, or maybe you don't have to take drive. Maybe you can take public transportation. So you're getting some of the work done that, so when you get home, you can really focus on being with your family, right? So being able to like, name what the stressors are can help you to a eliminate them or at least reduce their impact then the thought part of it we've already talked about like you know what is the perspective i'm having around this how can i shift my mindset um and there's a ton of different tools around that like some of my favorites are just like if i were to think about it like so i was writing a, a instagram blog uh, post today and it, it was had to do with travel and stress and and perspective and one of mine was like my favorite things is like how would oprah look at this situation and i was like you can put whoever you want in there but like how would my inner child say this how would my favorite superhero what would they do right so that you're getting yourself out of your own head and you're looking at the situation from somebody else's um the other great one is in a perspective shift is if my friend was in this situation what would i tell them and then it, because so many times we're, we're all really good at telling everybody else what they should do and then never taking our own advice right so what would i tell my friend to do in this situation okay now am i committed to do that for myself right then relaxation so that's where yoga mindfulness breath um having a dance party uh you know anything that restores you is another part and then it's prevention so you know, knowing that um, if you think of like your stressful situation as like a roadmap and you know that like, oh, when I get to this place, it's gonna be really hard, it's gonna be really stressful. Okay, what support systems can I put into place? Who do I need to reach out to? What, what boundaries do I have to create for my own self-care? And so you can start to prevent the stress from becoming too overwhelming beforehand. Um, so that's really looking at it from a comprehensive place uh and then the tools like um so i created what's called the 21 day stress management workbook and it's a holistic interactive guide to redefining your relationship with stress and the reason i created it is that i mean i've done so much work over the years of like working with therapists working with coaches working with uh, mindfulness teachers and yoga and all this sort of stuff and felt like, okay, as I'm getting my yoga certification, I'm supposed to be doing yoga every damn day is like the hashtag they say, and I should be meditating every day. And it got to the point where it was stressing me out because oh, if yeah. I didn't do it, I felt like I was failing. And I was like, this isn't helping. It's just another thing I have to do on my list of things to do. Notice I'm saying have to do and like all of that. And so I was like, well, and sometimes sitting in meditation actually makes me more anxious than it does like actually restore me. So I started, I was working with a coach at the time and she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to take a nap. And she's like, well, then why don't you take a nap? And I was like, well, because then I'm not being productive and I'm doing this and being lazy. And she's like, I don't know. I don't think so. And it dawned on me that like, not every day is the same tool going to work. And what tool works for me might not work for you. And what works for me today may not work in two weeks. 
and all of that. The same way as they talk about when you go to the gym, if you start out with a routine, yeah, you're going to see some changes in like the first week or two. But if you only do that routine for a month, month and a half, you're going to plateau at some point. Yeah. So you got to change some things up. Right. So I was like, well, I want to create something for myself and for people so that they know that they have many different tools to, to choose between. So I created this workbook. Um, and I did 21 days because that tends to be what people think changes a new habit. Fun fact, that is not fully true. <laughs> it, yeah. came from, it came from a research study that a um, plastic surgeon did where he found that it took at least 21 days for his patients to start um, feeling better or like their body uh, accepting whatever the surgery was. And some people were fine after 21 days. Some people, it took a lot longer. So when you actually read the research on or around it, it actually says it goes from 21 days to maybe 121 days or something like that. And so to me, I just always tell my clients, it's a practice. And so, yes, if you do something every day for 21 days, whatever stress management tool you want, you're going to start practicing the fact that you're intentionally thinking about your managing of stress. And so each day has a different tool um, and I separated it into seven different categories. So you have breath, you have mind, you have body, you have visualization, you have creativity, um, you have uh, values. And so it really comes from a, uh, that whole holistic yeah. mind, body, spirit place. And then there are three different um, tools in each of them. So by the end of it, you have 21 tools at your disposal. There's a way to like rank how well, how much you liked each tool so that you can go and there are a place to like, um, reflect and different prompts and all that sort of stuff. So at the end of it, you can be like, you know what? I really love day one, seven, 13, 14, and 20. Great. I'm going to take those five and I'm going to try to implement those into an everyday practice and see how it goes. And you know what, if it's not working one day, then be like, you know what, I'm going to go to number 11. Let's try this one again. But that you always have that resource with you. And I mean, there's so many more than the 21, but like those were the ones that I decided on for, for that book. Um, and yeah, and it's been, I mean, it's helpful for me to go back to and it's helpful for my clients and we use it when I'm coaching them. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful way to keep yourself accountable as well. So I want to, um, I just put your um, website back up there. Is it available mm -hmm. through your website? So you can, you, you can see the, my stress management coaching program and that's okay. part of it. And then there's a way to like email me and link to me to talk more about it. And actually April is stress awareness month. So I am running promotions right now. Um, and the workbook is, um, the promotion for the workbook is $25 for the month of April. Wow. And then I have a, a package for coaching. Um, I don't normally do like, I usually do monthly things, but I decided for the month of April to do a three session coaching package at a reduced rate. And if you do that, you get the, the stress management workbook for free. Um, and it's, you don't have to use the, the coaching sessions in April. You just have to purchase in April. Yeah, that makes sense. And for people just listening, it's stephanie-simpson.com. All the names sound yeah. like they sound. There you go. So. <laughs> This okay. This is so good, and anyone that's listening, the the information provided today is such a good way to start thinking about stress differently, to grab hold of it, 
to not let your beliefs, um, all your, all the shoulds, we talk about shoulding on ourselves, right? All those shoulds to turn them off or at least be aware you're doing it to yourself. If that's the first place to start, that's an important place to start. Every should. Who doesn't lie in bed at night and think of the shoulds? Like it just happens, especially if you're responsible for anything on the planet, those things start to crop up. Um, even, even my daughter, who's just working on the garden, she's like already developed a bunch of shoulds. It's like, nobody's telling you how to do it. How is that happening? Like what is happening there? But that's what we do. We just make up rules and then we just think we're failing them. I don't know what that is innately human behavior. So I encourage, I, I want to thank you so much for coming today, Stephanie. Like I'm fired well, up. Yeah, you, you like woke me. me up. I'm so fired up about okay. this. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's so great. I think that the idea of, I think people don't know what coaching is and the more they're hearing from folks that do coaching, but it's, it's around almost anything you need and everybody has a specialty and you bring such um, enthusiasm and specificity if possible to the topic that i think it's just amazing and i hope folks will listen and then get in touch with you and if you really want to work on this guys stephanie's here to help you and uh, i love the idea of the workbook because sometimes you just have to be self-aware before you can ask for help you have to even know what mm -hmm. you need so yeah. uh, this has been terrific well thank you for having me yeah and and i agree i mean i think coaching um, you know, it, the, the elephant in the room of like everything that's going on right now outside in the world and everything. And this is the time for, you know, coaches to really step up and, and be clear on what coaching is and, and like, you know, we're here and you want to get there. Right. And what's blocking you. And we're here to be your thought partner and we're not here to tell you what to do, but we're right. here to help empower you to to do what you always wanted to do you know and and be there and for me you know knowing that like like you said the shoulds and all of that just brings up all this other stuff all this stress that's stopping us from doing things so um i would love to to support people and be of service to people in any way that i can thank you so much for coming today folks you know to come play with me on twitter where um i have a lot more opinions than I probably should. And uh, I and, and I think and my very special thank you to Stephanie for coming today and talking about different ways to think about stress, thinking about stress in a healthy, proactive way. Thank you so thank much. Thank you Stephanie. for having me.